0: We are looking at the origins of our gospel. Join us for today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard as we return once again to the book of Galatians. Galatians is a hard-hitting, fast-paced, powerful pull-no-punches book. The Apostle Paul made sure of that. Why? Well, because the gospel was under siege. And indeed, it is this very gospel that brings freedom. But it is freedom at a cost. A cost that our adversary, the devil, would hate for us to pay. And that is why there's so much confusion. So what is the origin of our gospel, and why is it so important? I'm glad you asked. Stick around and find out. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. What happened to him? What changed him? Verse 15. But God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What was it? First, God was pleased to reveal himself to him. Um, No one can know God unless God reveals himself. God is unknowable unless he gives a revelation of himself. You cannot know God just because you want to know him. Now, how has God revealed himself? He said the heavens shout out his glory and he says nature itself manifests his glory. Psalms 19, Romans 1. He says his activities in history, miracles, providence, seasons, uh, rain, food. uh, We see the manifested kindness of God to all men regardless if they believe or not. And then God did something spectacular when you think about it. He gave us a book. He revealed himself in 66 books of the Bible and had the record of it written down. It could be just an oral tradition religion. We could just have to gather around campfires and around uh, front rooms and hear it. But God gave us a written revelation of what he's like, what he's about. And we have this permanent record. It's a marvelous thing. He has revealed himself to us in words. 1 Corinthians 1, verse chapter 2. uh, That. God has revealed his thoughts in spiritual words. And so what cannot be known by the eye, what cannot be perceived by the ear or the heart, the things God has prepared for those that love him, it's not heaven. It's what he revealed to us in the word. He has revealed them to us in a inscripturated revelation. This is a revelation. None of this would I have been able to know had God not Revealed it, wrote it down, and preserved it. Did you know you hold the revelation of God in your hand? This is a revelation from God. We are the people of one book, and every cult has another book besides this one. We are the people of one book. It doesn't matter if you have a 2,000 volume library until you master the 66 book library. You know, when you're with preachers and scholars, what's the latest book? I want to say, can you outline Exodus for me? Do you take every New Testament book? Tell me how, it, tell me whatever chapter's about. By memory, go. You say you know the Word of God, go. What's Ephesians 1 about? What's Philippians 3 about? What's Romans 9 about? I don't know. But I'm heavy into Aramaic. Well, I'm heavy into this. This is God's mind. Everything everybody says about God isn't true. But what God said about himself is true. This you can count on. You ought to be full of this revelation. This is God's mind. God said, I, pff, I breathed it out. All scripture is God pff, breathe, And that is he just... It's like wind. But the wind was caught by ink. And put down on papyri. And we've now got it. Who would ever think we would get something Moses wrote back in 1400 B.C.? We can read it and we would have never known it. But God revealed it through this book. The Word of God is a revelation. God the Son came to reveal God. And what God did for the Apostle Paul, he didn't do for you and I. He literally showed up in his resurrected body and stood in the pathway as he was going to Damascus, knocked him off his animal, uh, made the heavens light up brighter than the noonday sun, and Jesus Christ personally, physically showed up to confront this persecutor of his church. I mean, he stood in the path. The other men fell back. They just knew something's being said, but they heard no words. Paul did not know what happened to him. Boom, who is this? I want to reveal something to you, Paul. You're persecuting me, and I'm going to save you here on the spot. Matter of fact, I've set you apart from your mother's womb that I was going to save you and turn you into a preacher of the very thing you say you hate and that you oppose. Paul said he revealed himself because an apostle had to see the resurrected Christ. And Paul got to see a resurrected Christ. I didn't see a resurrected Christ because I'm not an apostle. I just believe the revelation that he is alive. I just believe the revelation of God's word. But when you think about it, even God had to open your heart and open your eyes to even understand the preached revealed will of God. Did you know your heart is terribly blinded by Satan, according to 2 Corinthians? And God must do a work of removing the blinders, he calls it a veil, that you may even see the gospel. Uh, Think of how many people have heard the same message. Why did you believe it? Many are called. Few are chosen. And some way or another, even the hearing, unaided by God's intervention, you'll never get to know God. He has to do a work on these terrible, blinded hearts of ours. And he says, God, to stop me, And he said, I've called you and I'm going to set you apart by grace and I'm going to reveal my son to you because I have a plan for you that you weren't planning on. I'm going to make you a preacher of the gospel you've opposed and I'm taking you to those you've learned to hate all your life. I'm going to take you to the Gentile world. You cannot imagine assigning that to a Jewish rabbi. If you only knew what the rabbis were saying about Gentiles in the first century, God made hell because he made Gentiles. Abraham, they said, he stood by the gate of hell, and everyone that came there, if they were Jewish, were spared and put into Lazarus' bosom. If they were Gentiles, let them go to hell. He had no love for the Gentiles. You talk about racism, you can't imagine the racism. Even when a woman in the gospel asked Jesus to heal her, he said, I can't give uh, the bread uh, for the children to a Gentile dog. And she said, Lord, but even the dogs eat scraps. Imagine that. Jesus says, you're in the dog category in this culture, but I'll give you something to eat off the table never knowing that Gentiles would be invited to the table. You talk about racism. It was not the white-black issue. It was this chosen nation and the rest of the Gentile world going to hell. No prophets, no preachers, no churches, nobody to care. And God saves a devout Jewish rabbi and says, I saved you and I'm going to use you to be a preacher. Now, He begins to tell when God saved him, this is what he did. Watch what he did. What's his credentials? He said, well, uh, when I got saved, I didn't run up to Jerusalem to see the apostles. Uh, But I went immediately into Arabia, which was in the north. Uh, Arabia wasn't, uh, as we think of it today, it was in the north. I went up there. And scholars believe he probably hung out about three years being tutored by Jesus Christ. Imagine. Could you imagine if I asked you, who tutored you? And some guy said, well, I spent three years in the desert. Jesus Christ was the prof. I'd say, you need, uh, you've been in the sun too long. Uh, no, no, he may represent Jesus, but that wasn't Jesus. Paul said, I went to Arabia and I was taught. Some scholars believe the other apostles were taught three and a half years. So maybe Jesus is going to take Paul. So I want to catch you up on what you missed out on. Three years with me in Arabia. I, can you imagine? However, Jesus, I can't imagine. I mean, somebody was talking to him out there. I spent 3 years alone with Jesus in the deserts of Arabia. I didn't feel any necessity to run up and talk to all the big wig apostles. I hung out with the one who knocked me off the donkey. And he taught me. Then he said, "Then after 3 years I went up to Jerusalem." To get acquainted with Peter. And this is interesting. The word get acquainted was, I didn't go up there to be disciple. I just went up there to be friendly. It was usually like taking a little tour. Hey, Peter, how you doing? I've heard about you. You heard about me? Hey, man, I'm the head of the church around here. That makes no difference to me. I met the real head. I really, I've already checked into headquarters. What do you mean, man? This is where the church started. No, the church started from above. The head of the church started the church. What's the headquarters? What's the headquarters of your church? What's the head? You know what? I used to send my money to a certain address here and there. You know what headquarters is for me now? Third heaven. God the son. He's the head of the church, is he not? And he said, i I've been hanging out with the head of the church. How are you doing, Peter? By the way, past the meet. He was not intimidated. He wasn't there to say, oh, I've missed out. It's a word to just generally get acquainted. Just spent two weeks, met him, met James. The other guys were out of town. Where were they? Some believe they had already fled for persecution. But there was no big uh, reception party for Paul. Because in Acts 9, if you'll read it, Barnabas had to introduce him to a bunch of the brothers because they were scared to death. They thought he was coming there to spy them so he could kill them. So he says, hey, I just paid a little casual visit. And Barnabas had to introduce me. Amazing. And they say, well, you, you mean you, you didn't go and check with Peter see so if you got it right? No. Nope. I know my sources. I got it. By revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I assure you before God that what I'm writing you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Cilicia. That's way up north from Jerusalem. I went out to the outback area. I was up in the north. Here I should be down here at headquarters, as it were, but I didn't. I hung out in the north, so much so that the Judean churches didn't even recognize they wouldn't know me by face. I didn't run around with the Jewish camp of the church to get my gospel. I got it from Christ. I got it right. And he says, he's going to tell us in chapter 2, by the time I went there and we compared notes... They had the same gospel as I. They went to the Jewish part of the population. I went to the Gentiles. Um, The only thing they knew about him, the one who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. What I was, a persecutor, a practitioner of Judaism beyond many of my equals. I was a zealot. What happened to me? The God who had set me aside from my birth, and he's alluding to Jeremiah 1.5, set aside from his womb, the womb of his mother. Way back there, God had a plan. Does God have a plan for your life? Are you doing that plan? What did God save you for? One of the most uh, heartbreaking things of most church life is how many Christians are unemployed, saved but miserable. What a what a living contradiction of the whole term, huh? Saved? Yeah, I'm saved. How are you? I'm miserable. You talk about an oxymoron. That just that just can't. I'm saved, but I don't know what God wants to do with me, and I don't really care because I'm, I'm miserable about being saved. Oh. Something's wrong. There's sin. There's some, you're not cooperating because God never saved you to be miserable. What are you doing for him? Well, I, I'm, I'm still looking for my gift. How long have you been doing that? 30 years? I don't know what part I am in the body. Well, maybe a wart. I mean, when are you going to function? When are you going to function? Uh, here's a man that hated Hated the church, hated Christ, becomes a believer. And on the very same day, the very same day he was saved, God does this to him. Get this. The day he gets saved, he doesn't tell him who's going to disciple him. Nobody does. Nobody discipled Paul but Jesus. And the very day he gets saved, he said, two things I want to tell you. By the way, I saved you so you could suffer a lot for me. I'm going to make you suffer a lot. Wow, what a welcome to the family. (laughs) Two, I'm going to make you preach to the people you hate. If you were a white man, could God make you an evangelist to black people? Talking about Martin Luther King. Have you got enough Jesus in you that you can go love black folks? and act like you're one of them and stoop down and wash their feet and share the gospel are you still a bigot is your heart still so small you only hang out with your color your kind, your folks Paul never knew he'd be up with Gentiles who ate bacon every morning (laughs) Gentiles who ate snakes Gentile who had goat head gravy. I never forget going to Jamaica. They served as goat head gravy. I survived on bananas and cereal. We're in the middle of a plantation, and Carolyn ate that goat head gravy every day. I said, Girl, you got a stomach of iron. I knew right then God hadn't called me to missions. But it happened to be a banana plantation, so every day I go pick a banana. You don't eat so many bananas, but man, you just see that goat head and those brains in there. I said, oh man. And those Jamaicans put all that curry on there and Carolyn said, could I have seconds? I said, seconds? Man. Has the gospel changed how you feel about people? It did for Paul. When Jesus reveals the gospel to you. And you see yourself as dirty and unclean. But this gospel he preached, I can be right with God through the work of Christ. See, it's one thing to quote the facts. He died for my sins. He was buried. He rose again. That's the facts of the gospel. But it's not the interpretation of what that means. Galatians and Romans interprets what those facts mean in reality. It means I'm changed. I'm turned around. Who I hated, I now can love. When I oppose, I now serve. What I was against, I'm now for. There's been a difference made in me. By the gospel I preach. And I must say, as I uh, was in the neighborhood where I met Christ this past week, doing this funeral, man, as I drive down there, I drive down there every once in a while, and I go by the church where I prayed, and I go by the house where we lived, rough neighborhoods. But I learned to walk with Christ. And I, I remember I used to always, we were always fighting down there. I remember after I got saved, I went to see another fight next to Helms. We had two places where every night guys fought. And so you were either in the fight or you went to watch them. We didn't need Rocky Balboa. We had Helms. And uh, we just went to A&B Market or Flips. I remember when I got saved, I, they told me, hey, a fight. It's going to be a rumble tonight. at flips. Okay, I'll be there. I want to see it see if it's my friend or whoever. And you go down there and watch this fight. I went there. And for the first time, my stomach turned to nausea as I watched two boys beating each other. They fought for three blocks, taking out parts of fences. It's a wonder anyone survived. It is brutal. Just fighting. And I never went to another fight because I learned to hate what I used to love. Uh, I grew up in South Richmond. I grew up with two black boys we called BB was BB, and then his brother was Darryl And I was going to Steve's school. if I got tired, I'd call BB a racial name because he could outrun me, and he'd chased me all the way home. And it's so nice. He had a stuttering impediment. But he said, Phil, why did you call me that? I said, well, I want you to chase me home, but you know I love you, BB. Come on in the house. But I remember when I met Christ, I could never imagine calling a man a name that demeaned his worth. It took Christianity to do that. You know what I wish you would do more of and think about? That we would be in each other's homes and in each other's lives and when we're just going to break up here. We didn't greet one another. Every uh, racial group in this church, let me tell you, the gospel makes us one people. And it's greater, it's not a Republican agenda nor a Democratic. This is a Christ agenda. He makes you love people. And get the word out on the street, would you? You can't be too black, too Asian, or too redneck for Jesus to love you. And if he loves you, we want to love you. Because we want to reflect, we've been changed. You may be been a racist, many of you were. You were taught to hate anything unlike yourself. Just like Paul. Anything non-Jewish, I hate. It's a dog. And now, he dies a martyr's death preaching the Christ and the gospel for which he was 180 degrees turned around. I wonder if you could sing what a difference he has made in my life. What I was, what I came to believe, And what he's done with me since. Oh, what a Savior. Our gospel will turn you into being poured out for people because you finally put your faith in someone poured out for you.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Allen.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord.